0: This is The Space Shot, episode 282 for February 20th, 2018. Godspeed, John Glenn, the first American in orbit. I'm John Molnix. 56 years ago today, at 9.47 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, on February 20th, 1962, American astronaut John Glenn launched into space atop a Mercury-Atlas rocket on the third flight of Project Mercury. Glenn's powered portion of his flight lasted five minutes and one second and was completely nominal. This was the first human launch on the Mercury Atlas rocket. The first two Mercury launches were on the Redstone launch vehicle. The Mercury-Redstone flights sent Alan Shepard and his Freedom 7 capsule and Virgil Gus Grissom and his Liberty Bell 7 capsule into space on suborbital flights. NASA had something different planned for Mercury Atlas 6. John Glenn's Friendship 7 spacecraft was placed into orbit around Earth. During his space flight, Glenn orbited the Earth three times over a period of four hours, 55 minutes, and 23 seconds. Minus 40. Status check, pressurization. Locks tanking. Control center recorders to fast speed. Umbilical retract now. Range operation. Go, clear Roger. to launch. Mercury ready. capsule. Go. All pre start panel lights are correct. The ready light is on. Eject Mercury umbilical. Riders, scope is retracting. I seconds and holding momentarily. Roger. Roger. All is green. Starting engine Firing signal. I made the lead be with you Thomas. 15 seconds. Godspeed John Glenn. 10 9 8 7 6 5 4 3 Ignition 3, 2 1 0 Roger. Left off. Lift off, four, four, That's correct. Before he could launch into space, Glenn and the other Mercury astronauts underwent a selection process that was meant to select the most qualified test pilots in the United States. Quote Each astronaut candidate, from an original pool of 508, had to meet seven criteria. They had to be test pilot school graduates, in excellent physical shape, less than 40 years old, shorter than 5 feet 11 inches, qualified jet pilots, and they had to have at least 1,500 hours flying time and bachelor's degrees in engineering. Glenn met all of the requirements. I'm linking to the article that that previous quote is from, it's a short read but an interesting look into some of what Glenn went through with training. If you'd like to know a little more about Glenn's other space flight, check out episode 168 for his return to flight on the shuttle Discovery. America's first orbital flight wasn't without its hiccups. Quote, During the flight, only two major problems were encountered. 1. A Yaw Attitude control jet apparently clogged at the end of the first orbit, forcing the astronaut to abandon the automatic control system for the manual electrical fly-by-wire system. And 2. A faulty switch in the heat shield circuit indicated that the clamp holding the shield had been prematurely released, a signal later found to be false. That faulty switch for the heat shield meant that the spacecraft re-entered Earth's atmosphere in a manner that no other Mercury capsule had attempted. You think that the relay would have stayed in, is that right? You'd have gotten a signal to it? Roger, if the bag had came loose, unless unless it came loose and then now it's bouncing back to the closed position every now and then, but then you would think it would bounce more.
1: Yeah, One thing that you well, might- you'd think the straps
0: would hold the thing on though, Ed. The retro straps. This is that's Roger. They would hold it on. There's no question about it. Right. But if the uh, if the limit switch itself was malfunctioning, we could be getting this telemetry occasionally. Whereas if it was the landing bag really itself, chances are that uh, this signal would be intermittent very frequently, just at any movement in the capsule. Eventually, it was decided that the retrofire pack that's usually jettisoned would be kept in place during re-entry. Flight controllers felt that doing that could prevent the heat shield from coming off due to the extreme forces encountered by the spacecraft during re-entry. I was reading through the report titled, results of the first United States Manned Orbital Spaceflight PDF, and this report covers everything from Glenn's workout routine to the re-entry phase of the flight. My favorite part of this PDF is the pilot's flight report. Glenn describes the sensation of entering orbit. Quote, When the sustainer engine cut off at 5 minutes 1.4 seconds, and the acceleration dropped to zero, I had a slight sensation of tumbling forward. There was no doubt when the clamp ring between the Atlas and Mercury spacecraft fired, there was a loud report, and I immediately felt the force of the posigrade rockets, which separate the spacecraft from the launch vehicle. Prior to the flight, I had imagined that the acceleration from these three small rockets would be insignificant and that we might fail to sense them entirely, but there is no doubt when they fire. I really wish I could read the entire pilot's report, just because it's fascinating reading. Glenn's assessment of the thruster problem warranted this short response. Quote, It was necessary to control the spacecraft manually for the last two orbits. This requirement introduced no serious problems, and actually provided me with an opportunity to demonstrate what a man can do in controlling a spacecraft. However, it limited the time that could be spent on many of the experiments that I had hoped to carry out during the flight. Glenn's description of starting re-entry over the California coast is something new that I've never heard before. I could hear each rocket fire and could feel the surge as the rockets slowed the spacecraft. Coming out of zero-G condition, the retro rocket firing produced the sensation that I was accelerating back towards Hawaii. This sensation, of course, was an illusion. Re-entering Earth's atmosphere with the retro pack still on the spacecraft meant that Glenn could see parts of it breaking off during re-entry. Quote, there was a noise and a bump on the spacecraft. I saw one of the straps that holds the retro rocket package swing in front of the window. Flaming pieces were breaking off and flying past the spacecraft window. At the time, these observations were of some concern to me, because I was not sure what they were. I had assumed that the Retropack had been jettisoned when I saw the strap in front of the window. I thought these flaming pieces might be parts of the heat shield breaking off. We know now, of course, that the pieces were from the Retropack. Glenn and his Friendship 7 spacecraft splashed down safely in the Atlantic Ocean, concluding the first American orbital flight. Project Mercury was crucial and a resounding success because it proved that humans could function in weightlessness and in orbit. You can check out the entire report that I've quoted from in today's episode because I've linked to it in the show notes. I would really appreciate it if you could venture into the Apple Podcasts app or your podcast app of choice and leave a review for The Space Shot. Episodes like today's take a long time to produce, especially when I'm sorting through historical audio, so if you could take just a minute of your time to leave a review, I'd be incredibly grateful. To those of you that have already left reviews, thank you. For everyone else, those reviews are critical because a steady stream of them helps ensure that the space shot is more visible in the Apple Podcasts app. As always, the show notes have more information on today's episode. Hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. I'm always up to chat. You can also connect with me on Facebook. Just search The Space Shot or click the link in the show notes and you'll find me. I'm John Mulnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side.